You may have seen that the so-called Hollywood medium, Tyler Henry, has a new series on Netflix called Life After Death, in which he goes to visit various ordinary folk who have asked for a reading and see who comes forth from their newly deceased, even from the living, and it's a glitzy, glossy production, but with heart, and set me thinking about Tyler Henry, giving me the sense that he's the real deal. He is one of these mediums who is very able, is a gifted clairvoyant, one that in other times and places has been heavily studied and convinced figures like William James and others in the Society for Psychical Research that whilst there's definitely fraudulence around, while there's definitely people who are making a small gift go a little bit too far, there are figures who, for one reason or another, are in touch with more of reality and they're worth thinking about and asking what they say about the nature of things which can so often get closed off in the modern world. I think that the standard sceptical response is that he's a gifted cold reader, i.e. he looks for signs and signals in those he's with, or hot reader, that he does his research and builds that in to what he says but kind of knows it through Google rather than through any other means. I think that doesn't stack up. The minute you watch him in the programme and look around a bit online, you realise that that's not an adequate explanation. And of course it's offered by the professional sceptics who in this case are people to be as cautious of as his very starry guests, those who he's read, who you wonder whether the reasons why they might like to say yes to Tyler Henry are quite confused as well. But it raises the question then of how to understand what one witnesses, because it is quite remarkable. People are very moved by it, and so it asks and invites for discernment. And the question which it makes me think about is whether he has an ability as a clairvoyant and so is more in the domain of able to pick up memories, implicit messages held as much in the extended mind of the people he's with as with the dead themselves, or whether he is in contact with those who have died, or maybe a bit of both, and how to detect the difference between those two or more elements. He also makes me think about Dante and how in the Divine Comedy, the figures that Dante meets who were close to life, even though they had died, they still felt attached to their mortal lives. They hadn't yet fully appreciated what the afterlife was about. These are the figures that Dante meets, particularly in the foothills of Mount Purgatory. They're the ones who are most keen that Dante communicates with their still living loved ones. And so I wonder whether Tyler Henry is in contact with those kind of newly dead or those who are still very attached to life. 
and it seems to reflect what he reads, what he brings to the people that he is with, because it's often the small details that are a particular sentimental value to those who are still living. Um, it's often to do with things that are very current in people's lives and also, of course, their own grieving processes and how they might be reconciled to things like sudden death or tragic death or inexplicable death. These are the things that Dante encounters in the lower regions of purgatory. And so it always fascinates me when someone who, I guess, like Tyler Henry, has never engaged with Dante in any serious way, um, how their experience still resonates with other figures like Dante, who have explored not just their own abilities, but linked it to theology, linked it to worldview, linked it to questions of our time, and tried to present something that imaginatively inspires all of us to open up our sense of things. So I also bring to this question, and I think it's a really important point, what your own preconceptions are, what my own worldview is, in particular my own experience. And this is a point that Leslie Keane makes in her brilliant book, Surviving Death, where she looks at various phenomena, various figures who seem to be presenting evidence for survival of death. And she finds it very compelling, but she also notes that it's compelling because of her own experience of those who have died. And it makes me think about that as well. I don't have many colourful or florid experiences to relate, but on occasion, particularly in various therapeutic contexts, have found myself receiving information, details about my family that I didn't know, but subsequently were able to verify. There was one particular incident which was very striking using the process called Constellations, which uses groups to look back through the generations and see how issues, secrets, traumas in families do get passed down. Few would doubt that that happens. The difference with the Constellations process is that it's able to pick up on quite specific things and locate them in previous generations, even when little is otherwise known. And the upshot was that I found out something about my family's generations that lived during the First World War, suffered traumas, very specific traumas about family members dying and then the knock-on effects of that on other members of the family, and was then able to verify that because although I wasn't able to speak to anybody that would know about these things, I discovered that my grandmother had made notes about her earliest memories and they verified what had come up through this process. So that has made me much more open to these possibilities. I felt it's touched my own awareness, my own cognizance very directly, and so has prompted a kind of openness to gifted figures like Tyler Henry, who come up every so often. The other element that has impressed me is working as a psychotherapist and particularly the use of what's called the counter-transference, which is taking note of the impression that people have upon you, make upon you when you're with them, and then learning to interpret that 
and offer it back to them in one way or another. Many people do that quite naturally. Um, they walk into a room, meet someone and feel a nervous energy, say, or they feel a deep sadness, or they feel something that feels maybe invasive or troubling, and maybe keep it to themselves, um, but maybe with a bit of work, learn that that is valuable information about what's going on, maybe in the person in front of them, maybe in the place that they've arrived at. And psychotherapy, modern psychodynamic psychotherapy, does that all the more so and offers quite an extensive part of any training on understanding the countertransference, which is to say understanding how these impressions trigger your own psyche so that you learn something of not just projecting back your own issues onto the person you're with, but learning how you can see through that to offer them something appropriately in a way that is going to enable them to change. And countertransference has an interesting history in psychotherapy. Freud knew of it. And in fact, with the people he worked with in the early days, there were some quite dramatic accounts of countertransference phenomena, like phantom pregnancies and things like this. And Freud got very wary of it, partly because he was actually very fascinated by things like telepathy. He did write extensively about thought transfer, but was scared and worried that the so-called Jewish science in the anti-Semitic context of the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, would get tainted by its association with such things. And so wanted to withdraw from not just telepathy, but even from the counter-transference phenomena. And it wasn't until the 1950s, in fact, that psychotherapists started to consider that counter-transference might be a valuable part of what they could bring to a therapeutic situation. And when I watch Tyler Henry, it feels not a million miles from the counter-transference. It's as if he has learnt with a very focused, much more open, receptive ability to pay attention to what happens to his body when he's in the presence of someone else with the thoughts, images, even names that come to his mind and has learnt, as he says, how to interpret that, put various dots together to offer back to the person he's with something of what he, he would say is receiving. So that combination of both direct experience that is not explicable through usual means, but also a practice now that feels connected in some way to what he does with such dramatic effect, um, makes me wonder again how to understand what's going on with Tyler Henry, rather than just dismissing it out of hand. And I like, too, some of the things which make the sceptics really wary. So, for example, he uses conversation a lot when he's engaged in a reading. And for me, this actually suggests that he is truly engaged in a discerning process. Someone that, as it were, pulled rabbit out, rabbits out of the hat, try to startle or surprise people, um, outdo them by pretending to have access to knowledge that they just couldn't assess themselves at all. I'd be more wary of someone like that. And what I think he's doing is working, you might say, in a triangulated space. There's him, 
it's the person he's with, and then there's what he's receiving. And it's learning to bring those elements together, talking to the client as much as listening into what he's receiving. That makes me think he is learning to discern what comes through more open processes of cognition. Um, people may well refer to the right hemisphere nowadays, which is much more conversant with images, with thoughts, with seemingly random, not easy to understand impressions, but bring them together in some way that can then be made sense of. So although sceptics would call this cold or hot reading, for me, it's actually an indicator that something very fascinating, but also something true is going on here. He also says that he prefers not to know his subjects I and mean, he's become famous as the Hollywood medium, seeing people who are very famous, but says he prefers not to know things about those he's with. And, and that makes sense in the therapeutic context too, because it's the reason why a therapist won't see someone that they know, uh, and certainly someone that they're related to, um, partly because their own interior lives would be too confused with the interior life of the person they're with, and so not be able to do this full discerning process. Um, but also because, as um, Tyler Henry says, um, it means you might not get these subtle messages at all because the emotion that is much more tangible and manifest with knowing somebody clouds that out. It's too noisy, you might say, to read the subtler impressions. And he says that uh, therapists have it written into their ethical codes that they won't see people that they're related to or people that they know. Um, and that makes a connection that impresses me as well. I think that it's also significant that his ability seems to have been linked to trauma in his own life. He talks about this very openly now um, to do with his mother and supposed grandmother who turned out to be not his grandmother after all, his own sexuality, which was very traumatic at school too. And it's now very well established that um, mediums and others often have traumatic pasts, which again can be used by the sceptic to suggest that they're open to all sorts of things, but lost in the impressions that life throws at them because they can't digest and contain them. And there's no doubt that can happen in troubled individuals. But this openness when worked with, when discerned and understood, when trained, as is clearly the case with Tyler Henry, is what enables them to be more open because you might say their ego containment, which wasn't able to block out all that was difficult in an earlier life, has left them now more settled and at peace with that, but porous and learning to step outside of the boundaries of your own secure, known sense of certain psychic inner life is part of what you do in a psychotherapy training. It's often why psychotherapy training is very difficult and in, would involve elements of breakdown in itself. Um, that's partly to help you process your own material, but it's also so that you can be more open to that which you would otherwise just hold at bay. In a psychotherapy training, it's hopefully done in a controlled way. But people who have suffered trauma in early life, if they recover from that, 
can find that it leaves them with various abilities that then can be trained up, discerned and so on. And so again, Tyler Henry seems to fall into that kind of category. And then there are these links with how he talks about the afterlife. And I find it so fascinating how this resonates with others that have written about the afterlife, not least Dante in The Divine Comedy. He talks, for example, about how suffering is completely different in the afterlife. And Dante would concur with that. In hell, suffering is straightforwardly tortuous and terrible. In purgatory, people learn to lean into their suffering so that it can become the pathway by which life opens up more and more. And then in paradise, people realise that their suffering was actually the point in which God was reaching out to them and so is their channel into the fullness of divine love and blessing and light and understanding. And the way that Tyler Henry talks about those he connects with in the afterlife resonates with that. Um, again, the sceptics say he always gives a message of comfort and peace, but that is what Dante would tell us those souls in the afterlife, confused about what's going on, still trying to uncouple from their mortal lives, that's what they're learning. They're learning that love triumph over, triumphs over hate, that light triumphs over darkness, that peace is actually a stronger sense of being than trouble. And so for me, it's no surprise that he offers people comfort and consolation as a result. So this question of what he's receiving, my guess is it's a mixture of memories which are held in our extended minds that can come back to our minds, say through dreams, say through moments where we suddenly recall events, experiences and so on. Um, he can do that with clairvoyant abilities. But also my suspicion is that he is in touch with at least some of, say, the newly dead or those who are still learning what life beyond this life might mean. And so he has something to offer for our times. Um, in one way, he is a challenge to the materialist worldview and perhaps with the mainstreaming of figures like Tyler Henry, wider conversations about mediumship that therefore result that helps to open up and ease the tight constraints of a materialist worldview. Um, but perhaps also he can inspire everybody to not just take note of the synchronicities, the sympathies, the surprising senses of things that they receive from time to time, but to work with all that, to train it, to help it to lead us into a wider sense of life, linked perhaps through what's been learnt by psychotherapy about phenomena like counter-transference, but also with the sense that figures like Dante and many others have given us that we will come to a time sooner or later, and it can be sooner rather than later, where we realise that the light is stronger than the darkness, the peace is more expansive than the trouble, and that life at base is good. <laughs>